You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. All right, this is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I have the privilege of getting to sit down and talk to the head of the morning skate, Ked, Jimmy, I don't I don't know what you go by these days now. Morning skate Ked, pretty much, is that it? Yeah, I just turned 30, so maybe James. We might have a James duo off right now, but yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, we'll go by uh, Mr. Ked. That's that fine. Sounds a little bit more formal. Thank you, uh, sir. Yeah. Dude, we haven't spoken to you in such a long time. Obviously, so much has happened, not only with you know the morning skate, but with the New York Rangers. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, Andy, first, I need to say, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, little helter-skelter getting everything set up, but I have this Voodoo Ranger IPA. I'm sure State of Hoppy will be happy uh, to hear that. And uh, yeah, I'm ready for a fun one. It's uh, It was a overcast and after the uh, string of nice days we've had there's a little bit of rain here so uh yeah but looking forward to having a good time on this one yeah no i'm absolutely absolutely pumped a long time coming but ked let's first let's first talk about your two recent guests on the morning skate podcast you had the legendary <coughs> linda cone absolute beauty childhood espn sports center diehard ranger fan she's awesome Love that interview. And then you got to sit down with an NHL Hall of Famer, one of probably one of the biggest iconic players to ever play the game of hockey in Theo Fleury. What was that like? And can you talk a little bit about that? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty cool, dude. The last couple of weeks have been sick. Linda Cohn was, I mean, just like a pro's pro. And talking to her, you kind of remember, like, I don't know about you guys. Like, I always liked hockey, but I like baseball a lot, too. And, like, growing up, you turn on Sports Center and you would always hear her voice. So, like, when I was, like, interviewing her, it, it was kind of weird because it was like, holy shit, like, this is her voice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and she was so nice and open and just that that had been in the works for a while. And I was really happy to have her on. She's like, as the season goes on, if there's a season, like, bring me back on. I'll talk Rangers. Like, she was jacked up about it. And then Theo Fleury, like. If you're new to hockey, like people hate Brad Marchand because like they call him a rat and all that stuff. You wouldn't have been able to watch a hockey game that Theo Fleury played in. He he played with so much heart and intensity and like fire in his game and he was smaller and like 
I'm not the biggest dude. So like growing up, looked up to him and like his journey is incredible. And if you get a chance, check out the podcast. He's super open about the things that he struggled with and the things that he overcome. Uh, that was like, whenever we have people on, I ask them what their oh shit moment was. And like Theo Fleury is definitely, and Linda Cohen's definitely like one of mine. Like it's kind of cool that I get to talk to these guys. Yeah. Well, especially Linda Cohen, because she was like the voice of my childhood. And it's so cool that you got to sit down and talk to her. Like I'd never realized like how much she was like into hockey until like your interview. And like, I knew she was a Rangers fan, but like her story growing up, you know, playing in college and just like, you know, her whole story of how she got where she was and to be at the pillar of sports talk, uh, you know, I guess being with ESPN, I mean, there was nothing bigger than that. And she was our childhood talking sports, especially when ESPN covered hockey. So that was awesome. No, for sure. And like, I knew she was, I knew she liked the Rangers and I, I knew she had played hockey because uh, Portnoy from Barstool went and tried out for like the Florida Panthers, like backup goalie or number. And I remember there being like a little clip that Linda Cohn was on the ice and goalie gear. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But like, I, I guess I never put two and two together. So uh, yeah, it's been, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing experience. Yeah. And the Theo Fleury interview, obviously talking to him had to be surreal. Uh, you know, I have to ask you, like, before and after the show, did you, like, talk to him at all? Like, how was he prior to – because I'd be, like, so nervous, like, preparing for that episode. Like, hi, uh, can you, you just got to click this link? Like, if one thing went wrong, I'd be absolutely petrified. Yeah, so I actually went through his agent, Don. Uh, I reached out a couple of years ago and it didn't work out, and then I reached out again, and this time it did. And it's funny that you said that because uh, I just got like a new Mac and of course, like maybe two weeks into having it, I spilled a beer on it. So, but it came back to life and it was working fine and I opened it up and like, I'm ready to go with Theo. And then it's like, we can't hear your audio and the video doesn't work. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't test that out. So I had to close that one out, go grab the other computer really quick, get back on. I was like a minute late, but like, I mean, what a guy he, he was, uh, but I was definitely shitting my pants there for a second. I'm like, I just ruined everything with Theo Fleury. Are you kidding me? His book, uh, uh, was it Playing With Fire, is uh, amazing. If you guys have never yeah. read it, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Just check he, it. James, he if you haven't read went, it, you, you have to, absolutely have to read it. Yeah, he definitely went through some things. But he came out on top, and like he talks about how... Uh, like he, he would love being a hockey player and all this stuff, but after it was over, like he's really found his purpose. And I think that's just like an admirable thing. Like this guy he literally went to hell and back and uh, he's doing great. And yeah, he actually started a country uh, music career a little bit. He's got an album on Spotify. If you guys want to check it out, which I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, his karaoke song is uh country roads. I mean, just salt of the earth guy. So uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I know Andy, obviously Theo Fleury was like a childhood ranger. Like I remember the day that it was announced that he was coming to New York. I remember running around the house being like, We got Theo Fleury. We got yeah. Theo Fleury. And obviously I just an iconic hockey player, just from his style to his grittiness to his ability to put up points was just unbelievable. So yeah, dude. Awesome interviews. I listened to them both. They were both excellent. Uh so if Again, if you haven't heard it, go check out the Morning Skate podcast and listen to those because they're definitely worth it. But let's get down to brass tacks here. We wanted to cover all the New York Rangers. I know you and I don't always see eye to eye on things with the New York Rangers, but you know we have a lot to cover. First, I don't even think you were here when the 
when everything happened with the bubble and the Rangers, <laughs> you know, went to Toronto and got knocked out in three games. So let's like start from the beginning. And your thoughts going into the bubble, your thoughts three days later, it seemed like, after the bubble, how'd that go for you? I mean, I was on a, oh, I was on a bachelor party. And uh, so I, I had a few casuals pretty much every day. So like I was on top of the earth. I'm like, Rangers are fine. They started Hank, which I thought was a little bit weird. Just because, I mean, if we're looking at stats right now, Hank didn't have a great year. He was 10, 10, 12, and 3. Georgia was 17, 14, and 2. And the one thing about Lumquist, I think his entire career is for some reason, the Rangers always kind of play like dog shit in front of him. But the moment we put a backup goalie in that was like, whole we remembered how to play defense. And it, it was that from the moment he got here to the moment he left. And I thought that was weird. He, I didn't think he played that bad. And then by the time it was game three, it was just Erkin, you know, you can only do so much. Uh, Jesper Fast getting blown up by Brady Shea, like the first shift of the, of the series was I'm like, oh, Brady Shea learned how to hit in like a week with yeah, Carolina. Where was, where was that for for four years? Four <laughs> right, years. And that Jesus was a hit. But like, you're not going to win a playoff series when Brendan Smith's like one of your most noticeable players. And like, I'm not saying Smitty lit it up, but he was recognizable every shift. It was nice seeing Capo come back. But like, I I don't know. It just seemed like the Rangers weren't mentally prepared. I guess like the Carolina had X's and O's down to a science, and the Rangers were kind of just out there for an open skate, which was. A little disappointing, but uh, especially to the Hurricanes. But it ended up working out for us, so. Yeah, well, I mean, we can definitely get into that. Uh, you know, when we got knocked out, it still wasn't a reality that, like, I knew we had a chance to get that first overall pick, but it really wasn't reality. And, uh, Andy, you can attest to this. How many conversations did we have, like, you know, you know, maybe we should do this to bring us, like, good luck. You know, maybe I should not watch the draft, you know, lottery or the draft because that or the draft lottery because we seem to have you know better luck with me not watching at all since we got Kako and then now obviously we well, got Lafreniere. Yeah, it's funny because when you weren't watching during the first draft lottery and I called you, I think you I, I don't know if you had a, a date night with the the misses, but uh I called you and I'm like, you're not gonna believe it. Like it one went to one of the playing teams. So I'm like you know, we have a chance, but we were, you know, we were just kind of like, there's no fucking way it's not happening. And then you were doing something else. You were like, you, I th- remember you saying the, exactly what you just said. Like, I'm not even going to watch it. Like, I don't know. And I, I got to break that news to you, which was, was amazing, but I'm sure your phone was already blowing up. But, uh, yeah, I dove off of my couch and smacked my chin on the floor, like super, like a dog, like, cause I couldn't believe it that I saw the, the, the Rangers logo pop up on that ping pong ball. But Man, it's still still thinking about it. It's a little surreal, especially after it's like I've accepted that Lafreniere is here, but now just thinking about it all over again, it's still kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, Andy broke the news to me that we got the first overall pick. Jimmy, how did you learn? I was in my living room eating taco salad, and uh, the the ping pong ball came up, and I saw red and blue, and I immediately, dude, it went everywhere. Like, it was a <laughs> yard sale, and I'm screaming, and my mom was with me at the time. She's like, what is going on? And I'm like, we just got the first overall pick. I'm jumping up and down like a kid. It was, it was like Capo Caco 2.0, except for a little bit, just an absolute mess everywhere. So uh, what a moment. <laughs> what a moment. I can't, I still can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, I guess like you probably don't appreciate <coughs> that moment unless you're like a diehard Rangers fan and like follow the team basically through us 
our whole childhood, you just felt like it was us trying to buy a Stanley Cup, and it just never worked. Whoever we brought in was just a shell of himself. And then finally, like, here we are in this, like, new era where we're rebuilding, and we got the second round, the second overall pick last year. We're like, oh, my God, we got Kako. And then, like, lightning strikes twice, and here we are drafting Lafreniere. Like, I just, I mean – Watching this kid and his highlights, it's just so surreal that, like, now he's a part of the New York Rangers. Like, how pumped are you going into, like, this next season? It's, uh, man, it's it's pretty surreal. Um, When we drafted first overall, I was in the middle of a playoff co-ed softball uh, game because, you know, I'm a bit of an athlete. And I brought – and we were up, like, three runs, and I brought my phone out to shortstop and like I'm checking it and they score a run and my buddy's like dude you need to put that away I'm like well the Rangers are on the clock and it's taking them five minutes to pick Lafreniere like what is going on did you guys get any sense of that because it literally took them the entire time to make that pick when it should have been like a second where it's like yeah we took this guy I'm like you've got to be kidding me right now yeah well I know Andy I mean how many times did we talk about the possibility of them trading the pick or drafting like a byfield I mean, we went back and forth a few times, but we kind of knew at the end of the day it had to be Lafreniere. Did we lose Andy? We might have lost Andy. I don't we see might. him. So I think it's just kind of – oh, he's back. He's back in. He's back in. Andy, we, did we lose you for a second? <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, but I'm back. My internet yeah. is for picked tonight of all nights to be uh, wonky, but I'm back. So. Um, he's back. So what were you saying, James? No, I was just saying, it's you know, you, yeah. you kind of, you know, you and I spoke a ton about just the possibility of the Rangers trading the pick and then maybe drafting Byfield because they need yeah. centers. And, you know, obviously we spent, God, hours talking about that situation, that scenario. And then, you know, Jimmy was saying how they took forever to make that first overall pick. Like, I mean, obviously Jimmy was like, what the fuck is going on? Were you, was there a little question mark in your head when it took the Rangers that long to draft them? No, I don't think so. I just think because it's they had already made comments openly, kind of wink, like John Davidson, like you know we're we're most likely going to take him without outright saying it. Um, and also, obviously, by by virtue of the way the draft was run this year, everything uh, took forever. I I I subjected myself to watching the second day and all you know rounds two through seven, and it was an absolute nightmare. It took all day, but. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't worried. I, I just, you know, I think I, as I love Byfield, I think he's going to be a hell of a player. But I just, I, there was still no way you could pass on a Lafreniere. Like he, had, not once was there any cause for concern throughout his entire uh, career in the queue in the queue at all. I mean, every time there was something placed in front of him, he just rose to the occasion. He was absolutely dominant World Juniors, and just yeah, he's just the closest thing you'll get to a sure thing. You know, especially considering he's a later birthday or excuse me, an earlier birthday that, uh, you know, by the time he, you know, he steps on the ice of the Rangers, he's going to be, you know, close to 19 years old and is just, yeah, refreshed and has been working out, I'm sure, every day since March. So uh, it's just too good to pass up. So I didn't think I didn't think they'd ever trade the pick, you know, even though we heard like, oh, maybe Ottawa's going to offer Kachuk and and three and five and all this stuff. But yeah, I don't I don't think it ever for the Rangers. I don't think they, they were ever going to. I think he, Gordon even said he's like, uh, anytime an offer was made, uh, they were wearing a mask and it wasn't a, uh, you know, it wasn't PPE. It was like a, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. Uh, so, Jimmy, I think the first, the first area in which we probably disagreed was the second pick in the first round. 
you know, you you love this kid. I'm not sold on the pick just yet. I thought we had, I think LaPierre was still on the board. I wanted to take a center. We obviously didn't. We took a gritty, hard-nosed, typical, you know, morning skate player. You know, what were your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Schneider? I was pumped when it happened. Just, I, I'm a big, if you, if you put up a cool highlight package in front of me, I was pretty, I, you know, I get behind it. Uh, if I was a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, I would have lost my shit. But uh, I don't know, man. I was pumped about it. He plays with an edge, but they didn't say he was like a goon or anything like that. And like, I think the Rangers want to be tougher to play against. And that's the type of player you want. And since the draft has happened, the Rangers just keep hammering this video of like them being in the room, making this trade. And like every time the clip gets longer and longer and longer. And like you see, they wanted him well before Jersey was up to pick. Like they kept bringing up his name over and over and over again. And then when they finally made the deal, JD, like, was going nuts oh, yeah. he's like telling people to shut the fuck up he's like Shh, yeah. we we have a deal going on right now <laughs> and and then they talked about uh he was gordy clark one of the scouts said if if you told me that we were leaving the first round with alexi lafreniere and a top four defenseman i don't think i could have been happier so they they have this kid pegged in the top four whether he's going to be a first first pairing defenseman whatever but like the rangers have desperately missed a defenseman to put out there in the minutes where they need to defend and I mean, you have D'Angelo Fox, uh, I, Truba, I guess is a little bit offensive, but like you have these guys that, you know, they, they can put pucks in the net, but when it comes to defending, like they, they might not have that edge and like Lindgren has an edge, but how big is he? He's not like the biggest dude. I don't think he's really that intimidating, but I think that this, I loved it. And I, and I, I know, I understand why you wanted a center, but sometimes like maybe they just didn't think the centers that are available were going to amount to anything. And if, and if you have that, if you have a guy you're going to take a risk on that might be an NHL player someday or a guy that you know or think that you know is pegged for a top four defenseman, like, I think you got to pick the defenseman. Yeah, I hear you. Andy, give the breakdown of how you feel about, you know, uh, Schneider. I just feel like – I know you said in the beginning that he kind of grows – the pick grows on you every single day. Oh, yeah. So being this far removed now from the draft, how, how do you feel about that pick? Well, I think one thing is that uh, in that video, the the person who is saying, like, if you walk out with, you know, the best player in the draft in a top four defenseman, that's Chris Morehouse. He's their uh, he's their recent uh, head scout for the Western Hockey League. I know for a fact from doing a little research and digging that there was quite there was a quite a few teams that had Schneider in their top 10, you know, and a, a large number of them that had them in top 15. We know the Devils wanted him. So the fact that the Rangers were able to swoop in and take uh, him away from them and then the Devils have to decide to draft uh, Shakir Mukamadulin, who, you know, I think has some issues in how he processes the game. So there's a chance that pick might not pan out. Makes it all the more sweeter for me. But yeah, the, listen, you know, uh, Schneider, he definitely grows on you. He's a, you know, they keep saying old school, but don't let that fool you. He's still very mobile for his size. He likes to hit, but they're not like these big open ice, you know, admiring, admiring his hit where the puck squeaks out and then you're just a team, you know, one of the, the attackers teammates picks it up and goes to, you know, down to the other end. The classic. Very good at, exactly. He times it, but then he, his head's always the puck. He always, someone, you know, I, I, one scout said, I don't think this kid knows what color the puck is. Cause if you watch him, his head's always up. He scans early. He's poised. He's calm under pressure, you know, off you know, and offensively he's, he's a decent, he's listen, he's not, he doesn't, I don't think he has what it takes to be 
He could be a Brent Seabrook type. I think he could be a guy that rides shotgun with a supremely mobile and talented defenseman, you know, which this team seems to, you know, whether that's Tony eventually or hell, even if that's Kay Andre, if you have a, a guy who's going to roam and be a bit more all over the ice, he's the perfect guy to pair with him because his game is meat and potatoes. And if you listen to him talk, he's, he's very mature for his age. He's, you know, he's got the, uh, He's got the uh, Saskatchewan accent. You know, he's just like a, he sounds like a, a, a prairie boy. And he, you know, it just, the more I, I, I think about the pick, just like Jimmy said, it's like, they're all from all those centers that may have been available. There was, they all still had question marks. Like, I don't know if Ridley Gregg or Hendricks LaPierre or Brenda Brisson or, uh, you know, who was still Maverick Bork was still available. All those guys have pretty big question marks. And I mean, you know, what you kind of see is what you get with Schneider. He'll play in the NHL, whether, you know, maybe he only becomes a third pairing defenseman, but he, I think he'll, I don't think there's a chance he doesn't play or see NHL ice. He definitely thinks the game well enough. He's poised. He's strong enough. He's developed enough. He can make a good first pass. And yeah, I mean, if that's your first day, you get the best player and a sure thing and who, who's most likely your, you know, middle pairing, you know, bot penalty killing, uh, middle pairing defenseman. I mean, you're, you're ecstatic, you know, can you compare him to Jeff Boogaloom? Because Jeff Boogaloom was obviously my guy. I wore 23 my entire life to him. He was kind <laughs> of like, you know, riding, you know, next to Leach all those years. Uh, just an iconic player, obviously part of the 94 Stanley cup team. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely has that, you know, obviously updated a little bit because he's so yeah, mobile. But, you know, at the same time, though, I think as close as to someone who is more interested in just making that first pass and not maybe, you know, maybe he's limited in terms of his creativity and his offensive, how he thinks the game offensively. But he, he does join the rush quite a bit. He's, you know, you could say he's definitely a, a modern Jeff Bukaboom in a way, you know, it's, it's yeah. listen, the hits, the hits alone. He's no one. He's the the most physical player, maybe outside of a Ridley Gregg or an Ozzy Wiesblatt in that uh, in the draft this year. So, you know, he's de- the Rangers and the Rangers got him. So you have to be happy about that. No, I'm pumped. Obviously, you know, Ked is pumped. I'm still there's still going to be a question mark because if one of these kids end up being a, a you know a one C or a two C, I'm going to be pretty upset. You know, if they enter the league, you know, ready to rock. Uh, all right. So obviously the biggest thing recently was the – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to also wanted to bring up um, our, I think, third-round pick, Will Cooley. Love that pick. They, they said the he models, models his game after Tom Wilson. And the reason why I love that pick so much is your boy Leas went the other way. So shout-out to Will Cooley. I have his back <laughs> from the moment he's on the Rangers, and we'll see what happens. All right. Andy, you're going to have to bury, bury the hatchet here. I, I was always pro-Leas. He's anti-Leas. Beyond. Yeah. But we, we made a bet. Uh, we, maybe, like, uh, we'll buy each other a large pizza one night. Um, on, you know, I said that Leas would be, play in the NHL again. Do you see that happening, Andy? Um, I bet he plays pretty, in the NHL again. I, yeah, I would imagine well, that he does. That was the bet it's... that we made. Well, I bet he plays in the NHL, but I think that you're kind of thinking he's going to be like some sort of relevant player. He's going to be like a guy who maybe plays like six games a year and just he's going to I I hate him. I don't think he's going to be playing I, more than six games a year. I, I think I think it's clear at this point that Leas is not, you know, I think the Rangers saw him as a Bo Horvat type, a guy who maybe he's like a or is like a tweener second line defensively responsible center who thinks the game well enough to I think at this point we can see that his uh 
his skating and his foot speed probably limits him at the NHL level because as smart as he is, uh, it's still it's yeah, it's still not enough. There's some players like, you know, Derek Stepan was slow as molasses, but at the same time, he thought the game well enough that he could show up to spots before where the puck was going to be, even though he skated, you know, like he was skating in mud. And I just don't think Leos is quite that smart, unfortunately, for, you know, his skating ability and his lack of explosivity. Uh, I think he can carve out a role as a, as a bottom six center, you know, who can kill penalties and as uh yeah, just can contribute in that way. But I, I think I still, yeah, I think he still has things to work on. I don't, you know, watching him in the SHL as good as he's been, I don't know if I necessarily see he's still made the strides in his skating that he needs to. And I, you know, because I, I wanted to, you know, at this point, I just kind of, you want it to work out for him. But I, you know, I, I don't know. As the more time goes on, the the less likely it seems to me. Well, I got I got a couple things here. Number one, thank God we drafted Heedle in that first round to at least oh, make it worth it. I mean, Heedle... Uh, obviously, there's still question marks around him, but thank God we got him at least in that first round. Uh, number two, I I believe he's still like 17 overall in, in NHL points from that draft class. So he's not like a total bust. It kind of seems like that year just might have been pretty weak overall in terms of points. Uh, does anybody? Yeah, no, agree, I mean, disagree? I mean, I no, I actually I but definitely Ken is agree. Gonna, <laughs> like. No. It's a career. No. He's a career fourth liner or a really good player on an AHL team. But if you send him to the AHL, he'll just go back to Sweden. You, you <laughs> talked about his skating. I think he needs to work on his attitude. Well, I mean, it's pretty difficult to come into the league, and then you know your wingers are. I mean, who do you even have? He had. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, I I don't even remember his name, but that guy. Oh God, what the hell was his name? Oh Haley. Haley was like his best line mate. Of course, that guy's gonna fail. And Tanner then, Glass put, I think Tanner Glass put up more points with Michael Haley than Leas Anderson did. Yeah. Well, James, to your point, I mean, if you look at that 2017 draft, there's real, thank God the Rangers drafted Hedl because, you know, I mean, of that first round of the 31 kids who were taken, I think only 10 of them are even, have even sniffed the NHL. Obviously, you have he sure. I mean, Nolan Patrick has had concussion problems from day one. Hayskinen is amazing, obviously. McCall. Dude, unbelievable player. Yeah. yeah, and Pedersen. But after that, you know, Middlestat, Leah Anderson, Cody Glass saw a little bit of time with Vegas. You know, he seems like he's fine. But yeah, I mean, out, yeah, you have Netchass and Carolina, and then, uh, uh, you know, you have, uh, yeah, Heedle. And really, I'm looking at all these other names and, you know, Lilia Grin and Robert Thomas. But the rest of them, like, yeah, have yet to either make an impact or they're playing in the A and they're trying to trying to get there. So, yeah, I think it's just a weaker year overall and and thank god the rangers took heedle and saw you know his production against uh grown men as a teenager in the czech extra league because yeah if if it was there'd be pitchforks out if that draft they just came away with leas anderson and that was it also thank god for will cooley yeah <laughs> i mean that that interview with him uh he's talking to star wars about with the nhl panel people and then he starts talking about like immaculate conception of uh of uh darth vader and it's pretty wild and he's he seems like a chill guy. i would love to have him on the podcast but uh we'll see we'll try to try to make that happen ked could you if you had the opportunity right now you had you could interview leas anderson and you get to live stream playing Fortnite with them would you do it yeah for the morning I, I, right. yeah, as long as he was honest because i i want to know what happened all right all right 
Because nobody, dude, they haven't said anything. And like, he keeps coming out and saying these stuff. And the Rangers are like, well, that didn't happen. So, like, something had to have happened. Yeah. I also do, and uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like the modern day European players, like the 18 year olds that get drafted and come here, especially to come into a city like New York, like, it's got to be way harder than it was like back in the day. Cause at least back in the day, you like, okay, you hopped on a bus and you were going to rinks where you didn't know, like you didn't know where you were. But like nowadays kids that have the social media, they have all contacts with their friends back at home to see them having fun. And you could be stuck in this big city. And, you know, mentally that could be like, you know, you know, kind of odd and kind of, you know, unstable, you know, for these, you know, 18 year olds. No, for sure. And and let me just say something. If this if this had to do with like mental health and all that stuff and that's what the reason is, I rescind everything I say because I think when it comes down to it, the first thing you need to worry about is mental health 100%. Having said that, if he's just like saying that and that's not actually the case or like anything along those lines, I'm right back to hating him. Like that's just how it is. I want to know what happened. And again, it's none of my business and they don't give a shit about what I think. But like it just it was weird. And the worst part is I was so high on him, dude. I love the fact that he threw a silver medal in the stands. I'm like, that's a badass move. This guy likes to win. Now I just think he used to throw in a temper tantrum. So it's like it's I don't I don't know. It's it's it is what it is. He's not on the Rangers anymore. He's going to the Kings, which is an older team. Maybe he gets a shot. But like Andy said, like the Rangers had all these traits that they loved about him, but they forgot like you need to be able to skate to like play hockey. And he, I just don't think he can skate. What's up, everybody? This is Brendan. This is Taylor. And we are Straight Up Sabres, covering the Buffalo Sabres for the Hockey Podcast Network. That's right. You can hear us every Monday and Thursday on Hockey Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Straight Sabres or follow us on Facebook at Straight Up Sabres. We are very excited to bring you all of the latest coverage of what is surprisingly seeming to be a pretty exciting Sabres season ahead. That's right. The Rasmus Ristolainen breakout season is here. You can only hear it every Monday and Thursday, the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics, wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get into the New York Rangers offseason, I guess if that's what you really want to call it right now. The free agency did not go pretty much how I thought it was going to go. I thought for sure we kind of bring in someone with a bigger name, a bigger presence for that second center role. But we kind of just, as Andy puts it, we punted to live another day. And, you know, first off, I want to say stall getting traded. Was that not the best move the Rangers have made in the past 10 years? I couldn't believe it. Like, <laughs> I was getting text messages. My buddy who's a Red Wings fan texted me. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, are you got to be kidding me? I'm like, what's going on? Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty well known. I'm not the biggest Mark Stahl supporter. Never have been. Never will be. Um, I loved it. I, I wish they did this three years ago. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I think that was a huge move. Uh, Andy, I think, is – I think he nailed it on punting it. And I think that was a smart move, man. If you look out there and, like, who the who the second-line centers were out there, there wasn't really a guy who really moved my needle that much. And I, I get that, like, we're rebuilding or whatever and people want to win the cup now, but sometimes you got to do that. And – I thought it was going to be more of a trade than it was going to be a free agency kind of thing. I was wondering if anybody was going to get moved. I was worried D'Angelo was going to get moved. But what the Rangers did is they kind of they held packed, and I thought they made great contracts with the people that they have. 
Uh, they re-signed Strom two years, D'Angelo two years, Lemieux two years. And this gives them the option of like, let's see how next year goes. If the kids grow and they, they are what they are, maybe, maybe we keep them. But you have that where you can deal them at the deadline. And a lot of people are saying like, oh, why do we keep drafting a defenseman? We're going to have all these defensemen. Like, yeah, we are going to have all these defensemen. But like, you're allowed to make trades in the NHL. And people are going to love a younger defenseman. So like, having too many defensemen is a good issue to have. And again, just like punting, I just, I don't think there's anything on there that we're going to turn us into a Stanley Cup contender this year. And instead of forcing it, which what the Rangers always do, right? They always bring in like these fucking big names that are well past their prime and they get here and they don't do anything. They made the smart move. This was, this was not a, we, we're going to win next year. This is, well, the next five years, where are we going to be? And I love, I love that. I, Again, as a fan, it kind of sucks because you you want that instant gratification of being like, oh, we got this guy, we got this guy. We made the playoffs last year, regardless of how many teams were involved. I read Blumquist stats earlier, uh, but like Shesterkin, he went ten and two in twelve games. That guy's going to get a majority of the games. How many games is he going to win? Like, I think we're a playoff team, and I just don't think that there was a guy out there that was going to push us into a point where you know what, we're contending for a cup. And then if all if it all hits the fan and we don't play well next year. Move D'Angelo, move Strom, move these guys, and bring in other people. I just, I thought what they did was genius. Well, that, that's what I, you know, really wanted to touch on with you because I know you love D'Angelo. Obviously, right, right defense, putting up a ton of points. Very rare in the NHL. He's a huge asset. Were you part of the the Tony D'Angelo camp that wanted him signed long term, or were you okay with doing another bridge? Because now they're built, they're building the bridge right next to the George Washington. The Tony D'Angelo Brit, because that's how many bridge contracts this kid has had. Did I? I might be wrong, but his next contract is he still restricted? Did I read somewhere that his next contract he's still restricted? Yeah, the only one that's not restricted is uh, Strom. I mean, again, I think this is kind of another no-brainer. Tony, you did it one year. Show us you can keep doing this, and if not, we'll deal you. Like it, it makes sense. And the the amount of Rangers fans that hate Tony D'Angelo, it's insane. Like I. He was, I think he was tied fifth in the entire league in points as a defenseman on the New York Rangers, which wasn't like an overly offensive team. And I think a lot of it has to do with his political views. And if he just shut up, people would probably love him. But he's very one way. And then immediately people want to get rid of him because he's that way. Well, you're an organization that's trying to win games. And he was fifth in the entire league, fourth or fifth, I think fifth in the entire league as a defenseman. And even, and even strength uh, points as a defenseman. Like or in, in total points, actually, as a defenseman, yeah. How do, how do you how do you say that you want to move a guy that's fifth in the entire league? When's the last time we had a defenseman that was fifth in the entire league in points? Leach. Well, has to I, be. I mean, I wanted to move him only because I saw what an asset he was, and I look you if you look at you know, <coughs> right now our prospect pool for defensemen, I just don't know if Tony fits the puzzle a couple of years from now with these kids moving up. And totally and, get that. And, and, and this is credit to Tony too. His performance over the last couple of years with the New York Rangers has, has is worthy of term and money, which I don't really want the Rangers to do to anybody until we figure out what we have with all these kids. And that's the funniest part, and it drives me nuts. Like I like Lundqvist. Lundqvist is that what we say? Is that what we say his name? As a it's prospect, same as, yeah, yeah. You 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 look at the points he's put up in the Swedish league. I totally get it. He's these fans are like, oh, well, we'll just replace him. This guy's never played an NHL game. How do you know he's not going to get to the NHL and not do anything? Especially as a Rangers fan. Like, how do you not think that that's a possibility in your head? 
Bobby Sanguinetti, like, remember him? Michael Dozato, remember him? Like, how do you how do you know that this guy's going to be able to step in and replace a guy who is fifth in the league in points as a defenseman? Like, that right. blows my mind. Which, so let, let's, like, back up a little bit. We have Truba signed for $8 million for basically oh. forever. Yeah. Um, If Truba doesn't have that contract, I definitely want to sign Tony. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I, I feel more confident moving Truba than I would Tony. Yeah, but that contract, it's going to be hard to move him. And you also, like, I that, when you get to New York, either. when you get to New York, I like at least giving people two years to kind of figure it out. It does seem like a tough place to play. I mean, you're under the bright lights in Manhattan. I totally get that. And I think as the season went on, Truba did start playing a little bit better. He kind of got his edge back. So I'm interested to see how he's going to play next year. But, I mean, yeah, this the whole points thing is insane. Like, Adam Fox, obviously – very special player, I think. I love the way he moves the puck. As a rookie, that's awesome. But, <clears throat> I mean, as Tony Angelo, 24 years old, 25 years old, yeah, fifth, fifth in the league in points as a defenseman, and we want to move a 25-year-old kid who was fifth in the league, and uh, I just – I'll never and, understand. And a, and a, and a right-handed uh, shot. Yeah. Well, Andy, what was, like, some of the names being thrown around, especially Angel with Fight. Vegas? With oh, Vegas. Because like, oh. that I'm, was, like – Tony, I'll pack your bags for you, but I mean, you know, listen, I think to and was it glass? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was a speculation that uh the Rangers <laughs> were talking with Vegas over a package that could include a, a young center like Cody Glass and maybe a, a, a sweetener on their end, or with the Calgary Flames potentially because, you know, they were so upset with uh that their core has been unable to make much noise in the playoffs. So you wonder if a, if a Sean Monahan or even uh, maybe an Elias Lindholm was part of it. But yeah, I think the thing is that there is, I think uh, if, you know, so many deals die on the vine. And I do think, unfortunately for Tony, that he had his coming out party. But at the same time, I think, uh, you know, much like probably the Rangers in arbitration and the other teams are like, well, Jeff, this is, you know, we've seen players have a hot, you know, get hot once and then just turned back into a pumpkin. So they were probably trying to use that against him, that this is the only time he's ever done this. And whatever, he's an offensive guy and he was in a good situation, you know, to get minutes and succeed. But uh, I think, you know, the good thing is, and like Ked mentioned that, you know, now the Rangers have him. They don't have to trade him until these kids, if these kids aren't here yet, you know, there's no one pushing him out at the moment. And if if they do push him, then he's expendable and he, you can deal from a position of strength. And, you know, and worst case scenario, it's like, you're glad you did. If, if you know, unfortunately, maybe a K. Andre Miller just isn't quite as good as you thought, or even Nils Lungfist, maybe he's just, uh, he can't withstand the, the, the speed and the rigors of the NHL, and he's just a, a bottom pairing defenseman. You just, we don't know this yet. So the Rangers, you know, them punting, they do want that certainty. Maybe, and that's the other thing, we talk about why haven't they gotten a second line center in the offseason. Well, maybe, you know, they were hoping Heedle ascended to that spot last season and they were upset when he didn't. Well, who knows? Maybe he comes back and he looks like he's a sure thing, you know? So uh, they were reticent to give Strom money, but he didn't cost too much. And now he's here and hopefully him and Panarin have the same chemistry. And if, if Strom can repeat that, you look at his stat line instead of just seeing like, oh, he played with the heart candidate. You see, you know, other teams look and they see his point totals and he's uh, he's roughly a 50 to 60 point player two years in a row. Uh, yeah, I think then he's got value and you can move these guys. So, yeah, I mean, the ball's in their court if they want to get paid. And who knows? We don't know if the Rangers are going to keep them or if they're going to trade them. But at the at the very least now, they have they can stand to make some money either way if they can uh, perform at, to the level they did last year. All they got to do is try to be in that ballpark and they should be, you know, be able to get paid handsomely. I have a oh. question for you. Sure. Uh, 
back when Hayes, VZ, and Brady Shea were on the team, that was kind of like the trio that hung out, right? Yeah. And now you have the trio of Lemieux, D'Angelo, and Strom. If you had to pick like a trio to hang out with, who are you picking? Oh, man. Uh, definitely. I don't uh, Let's see. Because it's like Brady Shea, like VC and Shea strike me as two boring guys. Hayes, <laughs> you know, is an airhead, but he's uh, he's probably funny to be around. Obviously, the second group is definitely more charismatic, so you would think would be more fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, it's tough. It's that's a tough one because Hayes, you know, he's he he gets a, a bad rap from Rangers fans, but. You know, he he seems like he's a funny guy. Whenever yeah. he's on chicklets or whatever, he's a, you know, he's a he's he's a laugh riot. So, um, I don't know. I know I know which one James is picking because he's uh, you know, not, it's not the Boston contingent. I can tell you that much. It's definitely not the. <laughs> I mean this with all due respect. The uh, what what do they call the guys from Boston? Massholes. Massholes. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, I listen. Obviously, that's a New York, Massachusetts, uh, little rivalry, but. Yeah, I'm picking that second group. Uh, I I don't want to hang out with Hayes. I just hate. I thought Hayes was like he kind of is like Kreider to me, where he the potential was there and you could see it and you could see flashes of it, but it just never amounted to any substance ever, like consistently. So that drove me bonkers, and that I won't. That won't be able. I'll end up like drinking with them and then trash talking them. <laughs> and he'll he'll just you know bury me into the ground, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, he's overpaid. But I'll give him credit; he was good for Philly in the uh, in the bubble. That's exactly what Philly needed. And I mean, he's a great. He's a good player. You, yeah. But you and he's like fits perfectly with AV, allowing him to kind of just do his own thing in the offensive zone. I think that's when he's at his best. But like his overall game, I'm not sold on. And I just I don't know. I just thought he'd bring more, being such a big center. I don't know. But I do want to get. I do want to have a question for you now that Shea and you know Stahl are gone, especially Shea with Truba, like that little friendship thing that they tried to do, like where they're best friends playing defenseman, like you know being D pairs together. I, I really think Truba's going to blossom because I saw Truba's best game all season in the bubble. I thought. I mean, obviously he got you know coughed up the puck, and then Tony got walked, and you know obviously. That he was, was playing. He was playing like the trooper we thought we were gonna get. Right, with the hitting, he was being physical. Yeah. He was, you know, shooting the puck from everywhere. Like that's what you want out of Trouba. Yeah. Uh, I just think his game blossoms this year into the Trouba that you, everyone expected. I I hope so. Uh, because I mean, he he can be a physical force if he wants to be. And I think you, you, maybe you're right with the, with him and Shea and like how that was blown up. I feel like whenever the Rangers put any guy in a commercial, they just shit the bed. You remember that Shanker commercial? That one fan who's like, "Yeah, Shaddy, come yeah. home, come home, guy." And he like, and it was like he just was dog shit. And they just kept playing this commercial over and over and over again. I got so mad at the TV. It's like stop putting these guys in these commercials and like these these things because it's not working. Like let's switch it up. Well, it's like the Scott Gomez commercial when he first came to the team. He's like. Anything other than the Stanley Cup is a complete failure. And it's like, dude, we barely, we didn't even make the playoffs. You're talking yeah. about a Stanley Cup? Yeah, it's it's infuriating. I, I, I hope Truba has a good year. I still have faith in him. Eight million's a lot for what he showed the first year. I agree. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. Yeah, definitely. And I, I hate it because we do have so many good, talented defensemen. And 
it would have been nice to lock up, you know, a player like Tony, but we can't be married to too many players with all the youth that we have. And, uh, you know, let's, let's kind of talk about that too. Like on the, on the forward end, obviously we signed Lemieux. Where do you see him penciled in with this group? Because we could either stack the lines or kind of spread out the talent. And Lemieux is going to play a, a big role because he's going to be playing with some of the higher end talent or the, or the youth. So how, how do you like that signing? And what do you expect from this year? I love Brandon Lemieux. I think this is the year that Brandon Lemieux creates a, a spot in the lineup, an identity in the lineup. Uh, he was, when he played in the playoffs, that was like, it was kind of like his old man. He wasn't scoring a ton of goals. And like Claude Lemieux wasn't known as like this fucking unbelievable guy, but playoffs came around and it was like, holy shit, watch out for Claude Lemieux. And it was nice seeing Lemmy get in there throw the body around. He was a spark plug. It was really nice to see. I don't really know what they're going to do with the lines. You know, a guy I am really excited about watching who we kind of got a little bit of a taste of is I think Julian Gauthier is going to be a pretty good player. He's got wheels. He has hands. He drives the net. Uh, I'm really, I think he's kind of like my sleeper pick to kind of really impress people this year. I mean, I, we have Lafreniere and like Capo coming back for his second year, but watch out for Julian Gauthier. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, you look at these teams that are like making the playoffs, making these runs and you look at their bottom lines and like, they have an identity. Like you look at Boston, like you, you look at all these guys that have third and fourth liners and they have that identity. Even the Islanders, Matt Marr and Casey Zegas and Cal Clutterbuck have been aligned for, they were aligned and then Marr left. Now they're aligned again. When they're out there, you notice them. And when's the last time the Rangers have had a fourth line where you're like, fuck yeah, our fourth line's out there. Probably it was like Boyle, Dorsett, and Don Moore. Was that one of the fourth yeah. lines? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I remember that fourth line. They served a role, right? They were out on the ice. They didn't get scored on. They were noticeable, and then barely ever got pinned into their own end. When you have guys like and nothing against Phil DiGiuseppe and like all the guys they had out there, that's not – near the same as what they used to have i i miss but, dominic more every day man oh my god what what yeah. a hell hell of a player man i, I miss his stupid spinoramas yes like every, <laughs> the spin everyone's trying trying to do like, the spinorama backhand i, I thought he'd get it one day and he just you never got but, it, but. like he, and you'd see it he comes streaking down the wing and like in your head you're like oh yeah. dom more thinks he's sick again <laughs> he like, the but i was but i but i always smiled and i was never but i because i just wanted him to score on it because oh. i would lose my mind if he did i, I never begrudged him but I'm like, and of course he missed. But it's all right. I, lo I love Don Moore. And here's a name. He hasn't been signed yet. Bring back Brian Boyle, dude. Bring back the boiler. Put him in the fourth line or your third line. He can even, if he had to, he could play the second line. He's going to penalty kill. He's going to teach the kids how to play the game the right way. Like, that seems like a no-brainer. And it doesn't really seem like you have to pay him that much. It's not like you have a young kid out there. I mean, you have Brett Howden. But, like, would you rather have Brett Howden or Brian Boyle? I'd rather Brian have Brian Boyle. In a heartbeat. And I right? So. Don't we can't we got to be careful here because Andy loves Howden. Uh, Howden, Howden, looked, no, I, I thought Howden looked great in the playoffs. No, I no, no. I, I am a, I am the, the, I am a Brett Howden truther, and that his truth is that he is nowhere near as good as everyone thinks he is. No, but, he's not. But I thought in the playoffs yeah. he was all right. But if you had he to was pick all right. Boyle, you pick Boyle. Boyle's going to win your faceoffs. Yeah, he's going to stick up for his teammates. He's going to be that veteran like presence. And that honestly is what it comes down to. Like you look the last few years, when's the last time like the Rangers had a legitimate leader in the locker room? No, that's why Probably they should have signed Orton. Callahan, maybe. Yeah. I thought I mean, Joe like, Thornton would have been a great signing for the Rangers. I know uh, our, our our you know uh, TD, uh, you know Tom. He's been on the podcast a couple times. You know he he talked about this right from the get go, signing Thornton to a one year deer deal. You could throw some money at him. 
come to New York, and then at the end of the year, basically say, who are the leaders on the team? Who do you like? And uh, what direction do you think we should go in in terms of, you know, handing out letters on this team? Because right now, you know, looking at the team, I know, again, the ho- talking hockey, again, with another list of who they think the uh, captaincy should go to, and they have Chris Kreider. I almost and, smacked and, my mic over. So everybody wants, everybody <laughs> definitely wants Chris Kreider to be the captain, and I get it's it. If you look at the tools that he has, he could be one of the most physical forces in the entire National yes. Hockey League. But there's not much going on upstairs. Like, and the, the amount of times that guy goes offsides or like just is completely irrelevant for like five or six games in a row. You don't want that to be your captain, dude. Like, you want your captain to show up every game, right? Like, you want your captain to go to gritty areas. Like, I give yeah. anything for you, Jamie Benn to be our captain, dude. Oh yeah, I mean, you Jamie's you either right. have to be physical or or you you either have to have to put up points or you have to lead by example. And right. unfortunately, I like Kreider can when he feels like it can break open games, but it's only when he feels like it, and yeah. I just don't I don't see it. The, the only person right now that I really truly think I would be okay with is Zibanejad wearing the C. Um, otherwise, I still think you're forcing it though. Like, is not truly a captain? You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I know. But I'm saying, if you had to pick someone right captain, now, yeah, you yeah. have you have to pick Zibanejad. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. guy takes over games. He's you know he, he's, he's so good. He's so good. He's spark plug. He's you know a first line center, a legit first line center. He's finally, I feel like, getting the recognition that he deserves. Dude, he's a heavy player. Yeah. He's like a low key heavy player. It's hard he to kinda, stop. He kind of gets hurt a lot, which kind of scares me. Which is why yeah. we need a we need a one two punch. Yeah, uh, James, we actually have a question from Twitter. All right, uh, I think it'd be fun to, for the the group to address. This yeah. is from uh, Ozzy Ranger, and he says, "Hey, Broadway boys, I'm a huge Rangers fan down here in Australia. Just found you guys on Spotify. Been listening to your podcast a lot, and I'm loving it. Let's go Rangers!" So Ozzy, oh, he you. asks. Oh yeah. He says. After Henrik Lundqvist's one-year contract with the Caps expires, if he retires, do you think he will return to the Garden in the near future and the Rangers will retire his number? Um, after one-year contract with the Caps... Let, uh, yeah, I, I think he's saying that if yeah. after, like, let's say this year with the Caps, either he wins a cup and retires or he doesn't and he's like, I'm too old and he underperforms. You know, he's only, it's only he doesn't get resigned and he just hangs it up. Do you think the Rangers is he are they going to retire his number immediately, or do you think they wait a little bit? I'm I'm going to say I think they wait a little bit. I think uh, I think you'll see that the Rangers kind of want Hank to just kind of go away and be away and kind of let the Rangers establish their own identity before they bring him back and start celebrating what he did too early. Uh, and if I was him, I would kind of want that. You know, take a break, let a couple of years pass, let Ranger fans kind of appreciate and look back and appreciate, you know, the times that they had with you. And, you know, and then come back and then make it a big deal, celebration, you know, have some build up. I just think right now uh, to do it within the next two years would be a little, little too soon. Where do you I definitely agree that? with that. Uh, you know, it, to your point, James, it's like it, it, it would be, it, you ha- yeah, you, they have to let the dust settle a little bit. It, mm-hmm. It's still so fresh. And that's the whole thing. A part of moving him was that he kind of represents what the Rangers were doing before or trying to do before. And we talk about the high priced retreads and just trying to buy their way into, you know, uh, cup contention and just didn't work. So this is a new New York Rangers, uh, 
you know, we talk about Mika getting the C, but as long as Lundqvist was in that locker room, he was the de facto captain. He, you know, wasn't really McDonough. You, you could maybe argue that Ryan Callahan was probably had a, had a little bit more stroke because he was not that much, you know, uh, younger than Lundqvist. But uh, yeah, even with McDonough, you know, Lundqvist was the guy in the locker room. He was the one giving the speeches and this and that. So now that he's gone, um, yeah, I think they'd wait a bit before retiring his number. I don't think he's, I don't think it's going to be, he's like a, it's, I don't think it's like a first ballot type thing. I think they'd want to, you know, I'm not saying it'll be long though. I, I could see if he retires, they, I'd see him giving it like a, a couple of years, maybe five years and then uh, right. raising it. But yeah, it's, I don't think they would do it immediately. No, Jimmy? Uh, I think it kind of depends on a couple things. Like when Henrik Lundqvist is done, what is he going to do? Does he want a job with a, with an NHL team? Does he go back to the Rangers and work for the Rangers in some sort of thing? I don't think it's going to be wicked far in, into the future when it, when it's retired. I mean, you have to retire that guy's number. He changed this franchise. Like, do you remember the Rangers before Henrik Lundqvist? How dog shit we were, and then you bring in Lundqvist and and Yager comes, and then all of a sudden we're a franchise again. So, uh, I mean, I don't know the timetable. It's definitely going to happen. I'm more interested to see like what he's going to do post hockey in terms of all that. So. Yeah. I, well, to answer that question, like what he's going to do after hockey, I still think he'll play in Sweden, you know, and just kind of, you know, play for, was it for Linda? Yeah. I don't know if his brother's still playing there, but I think he is. He's still the captain. He's still the captain. I think he'll play with his brother for a few years, but I think, you know, Hank still has another two years of being like a really good backup goaltender. And if he embraces that role, I think he can play another two, three years. Um, especially because you know the way the nhl is moving you kind of need a tandem you know and yeah i I see him you know i see him playing like another three seasons so all right well that was a i mean that was a good question kind of you know yeah thank you thank you to ozzy ranger uh nice to know that we there people are enjoying the podcast uh across the pond in australia so that's that's cool so yeah oh and if anyone ever has any questions that you want us to answer in the pod just hit us up uh, at Broadway Boys Pod on Twitter, or you can comment on our uh, YouTube videos once they're uploaded. And yeah, ask away, and we will do our best to answer them here on the podcast. And uh, Ozzy, let us know if you play men's league hockey, and if you got a men's league sweater that you want to uh, send to the morning skate. Just DM them a picture of the sweater, and they'll throw it up on the uh, on the uh, uh, Instagram and, and Twitter. And uh, you know, obviously, they do uh, men's league jersey of the week, so uh, definitely do that too. And uh, all right, so kind of, I guess, the last segment to wrap things up. Obviously, we got Kako Lafreniere, our two babies that are entering their first and second year. Kako, I think, will be a definitely more mature player with less pressure, less spotlight on him now that we got Lafreniere. And uh, basically, Jimmy, where do you think the Rangers youth are going to be in terms of production this year? I mean, that's such a hard question. I thought Coppola was going to light it up. And then uh, 10 goals, 13 assists, 23 points. Looked better in the playoffs. I think it's kind of really going to like reel in my expectations. Uh, Lafreniere, I think 18 goals, 24 assists. Capo Caco might hit – how many have you had? 10 last year. 18 goals and like – they're they're I think they're going to put up around the same amount of points. Hopefully Capo makes a bigger jump, but like I haven't, I haven't seen it. And again, Lafreniere, you, you don't know, you have no idea. Well, as of right now, I th- Andy and you agree with this, right? Our second line is looking like the Breadman, Strom, and Kako. 
You yeah. know, that line could be dangerous and he yeah. could just playing with Panarin. Obviously, anybody's going to be. I, I would put up 15 points playing with Panarin. So you got to imagine, you know, Kako's going to, I think, I could, I could honestly see him no problem putting up, a, you know, a easy 50 points if he's playing with uh, the Breadman all season. I'd be pumped if he put up 50 points. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kako, you'd have to hope that, you know, it's uh, similar to Andrei Svechnikov, who maybe had, you know, I think what he was th- just shy of 30 points or maybe right around 30 points in his first season, then explode in his sophomore year. I think Kako, you see a similar thing. Uh, the Kako we saw in the bubble was very different to the Kako we saw um, in during the regular season. You could definitely tell he would just looked more assertive and bigger and faster. You know, he actually said he like lost he lost weight, but he looked like he put on muscle and just dropped some baby fat. And yeah, he just looked like he had an extra gear to his skating, which is good. And he was just he wasn't you know before in the regular season you saw him thinking, whereas you know he looked like he was just reacting and doing you know, and that's what you want to see. Listen, Lafreniere is. I would say is probably one of the on paper is one of the most uh, developed, you know, pro ready first overall picks we've had in a few years. Uh, you know, even maybe more so than Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes. Uh, uh, you know, you got, I would hope he is a, and obviously at the end of the day, it all comes down to ice time. Cause you look at the, there's a crunch in that top six. You know, we don't know if Chris Kreider has to get moved over to make room for him. I assume Lafreniere starts in the third line, so that could hinder him a bit. If you know, especially if it's like, if it's Lafreniere is playing with Heedel and uh, you know, at least to start the season, who knows if Lemieux is going to be on that side? Maybe if Phil DiGiuseppe is playing right wing uh, with with Jesper Fast uh, moving to Carolina. I'm not really sure, but if he can work his way into the top six, I don't see any reason why. Uh, Lafreniere can't be a 50 point player but again we saw this with heel everyone's like oh he plays against men he's ready and you just don't know so uh I I think Ked's nailed it I think both players will probably finish close to each other and you know give or take a couple of points you know I would say I could see uh you know Kako scoring more goals and Lafreniere scoring you know having more assists just by the nature of the type of players they are uh, so yeah, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see though. And it's a good problem to have. It just, uh, I guess the big question is now with Chris Kreider, he's kind of like the, you know, him and Buchnevich are the two glaring, like do one of them have to switch sides? Cause you know, we have a glut of left wingers right now. Uh, so we'll see. And you know, uh, with, uh, who knows, maybe Lafreniere and Kako plan, spend some time in the same line. That would be very interesting to see. But, uh, again, that comes down to David Quinn, uh, needs to know he can trust his lines defensively, and I can't see a Heedle, Kako, Lafreniere line, uh, just because I don't think he would trust them with their defensive assignments. But it would be fun to see. I, I would, you know, maybe if they're losing a game in garbage time, you see that line. That would be uh, fascinating to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess to end, I'm gonna ask you uh, one last question, Jimmy. First off, I need you to plug all your social media so people know where to follow you. And then I want you to answer the question. Are you rooting for Team Canada in the World Juniors if Lafreniere is now heads to, uh, to play with Team Canada? All right. So I'm at Morning Skate Ked. You can follow us, Morning underscore Skate. I'll never root for Canada over the United States. I bleed red, white, and blue, baby. So uh, I'll root for him to do well, for sure. And I think Braden Schneider's on that list, too. So that'll be kind of fun to see him compete a little bit. But, uh, I can't. I can't root against the United States of America. Even if, let's just say, the Devils let Hughes go, and you have Hughes, 
to score an overtime winner to win the gold medal or Lafreniere to do it? I mean, uh, Parisi tied it up against Canada right before Crosby scored the golden goal, and I was That's pumped true. that Parisi scored. I, right. It's USA, man. All right. I, although, like, if, if, if Lafreniere scored the overtime goal against the United States, I'd be pissed that they lost, but at the same time, it'd definitely be, a, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right, Andy, do you want to sign us off here? Yeah, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Ked, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, this one, at a certain point, we had a lot of people watching, and it made things a little wonky, but that's okay. Uh, uh, yeah, like I said up top, you can follow us at Broadway Boys Pod on Twitter. Uh, please follow the Morning Skate at Morning underscore Skate on Twitter. If you have any questions for us that you want us to address on the pod, please uh, ask. feel free to ask away on uh, Twitter, or you can also... Uh, Watch our videos on YouTube after they're uploaded and ask there, and we'll try to, our best to get to them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like the league, in the next week or so, we should have some a little bit of insight on when the official start of the NHL season is. I know there's a uh, today we're recording this on a Wednesday. Tomorrow, there's a Board of Governors meeting. So hopefully by uh, the time you're watching this on the following pod, we'll be able to talk about when the season is officially starting. You know, we heard the NBA laid out their uh, their plans for their start of their season, December 28th, I believe. So right at the end of December, the league wants to do January 1st. There's been some hangups, but we don't know what form it's going to take, but it'll be interesting to see. So I'm sure we'll be talking about it on our next pod. Uh, Jimmy, man, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you. You know, uh, speaking of future captains, I'm working on something for the Morning Skate right now about... Uh, uh, who predicting the next captain of every team in the NHL? So that should be hopefully coming. Coming, yeah, uh, hopefully should be coming soon. But because I'm uh, long-winded, like I am right now, things take a while for me to write. But uh, yeah, thank you for watching, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.